Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. We're live. Hey, everybody. It's the Combat Cast. It's the man they call Dave Chevaruni. We're in a good mood today. We're talking UFC 287 review. We got to talk to Fight Night coming up. But Chevy, like we always do, let's tell people we got coming up. All right, April 22nd, we're going to be previewing UFC Fight Night, Pavlovich versus Blades, probable number one contender for John Jones at mm. um, for the heavyweight belt, you know, depending on what Stipe is doing. Right. And then the end of the month, April 29th, UFC Fight Night, Sarukian versus Moicano. Um, that's a fun, lightweight fight. And then uh, May 6th, UFC 288, Sterling versus Cejudo for the Bantamweight belt. Absolutely. There's a good co-main on that card, isn't there, too? I haven't looked at the card okay. yet. Yeah. All right, I think there's a good co-main. We'll talk as we get closer. But, um, yeah, man, I mean, some good fights coming up. And uh, this past week, man, this was a fun card. Uh, great, great card. Yeah. Do you want to talk about some of these uh, – any of these preliminary fights first? Well, I feel like we got to talk about the Chris Curtis and Kelvin Gastelum fight Absolutely. for sure. Oh, I do I... want to reference Joe Pfeiffer too because I right. you were underway. I saw it. Uh, he looked good against Gerald Murchard, and like Gerald Murchard is no joke. And like he took him out clean, and uh, really, it almost kind of reminded me of what Shemayev did to him, except for you know Murchard was obviously in there a little longer. Um, but still one round. I mean, it was, it was impressive. Um, I think Pfeiffer is a guy and we'll talk later about maybe people that are prospects, but not maybe ready for the position they're in. I feel like Pfeiffer is a guy ready for that position. And I might even put him against what we're about to talk about either. Yeah, I agree. I think he should fight, uh, Kelvin Gastelum for sure. Um, so Kelvin was the winner, uh, uh, against Chris Curtis, uh, last weekend, very uh, good fight. Kelvin looked as good as we've ever seen him, really. He looked better than he has in any fight since that Izzy uh, title fight. Right, yeah. Um, very light on his feet. His boxing was crisp. Uh, he looked great. And it gets a guy like Curtis, who looked good, too. It was like really just a case of, like, Kelvin was just... Um, I don't want to just maybe sound, but I don't think it's insulting. Like he was doing enough to win, you know, like he was edging him out. And I mean, I think it was a close fight. I think maybe some would even argue, maybe Curtis won, but I, I thought Kelvin won. I haven't heard any real arguments, but close fight, good fight, but a fight where Kelvin, like you said, looked really good against a guy who's been looking really good, had confidence coming in here and he was ready to fight. Yeah. I know Chris Curtis was not happy with the decision. Um, there was a headbutt. Right. An accidental clash of heads at round two that put Chris down. And he's saying that's the only reason why he lost the fight. Um, 
I think even if that didn't happen, I, I would have gave Gastelum around one and three. So um, I thought he won, but it was a close fight. You know, maybe they can run it back at some point, but I don't think the UFC is particularly interested in that right now. Uh, like I was saying, I think Joe Pfeiffer versus Kelvin is is a good matchup. Um, mm-hmm. If Kelvin can keep looking the way he has been, um, or he did last weekend, he's going to be a world beater again. So hopefully he can uh, bring that same energy. Absolutely. And uh, that was a great way to kick us off into this main card. Yeah, absolutely perfect way to kick off the main card uh, or to kick us into this main card. So uh, Rahu Rojas Jr. versus Christian Rodriguez kicked off the main card. Yeah, um, very interesting (laughs) Um, fight in the sense that um, Rahu Rojas Jr. came out, Rosa Jr. came out uh, using his wrestling, looked strong. And we talked about this coming in here that we didn't really feel like a lot of people were giving Kristen uh, Rodriguez maybe the respect he deserved and that this was not an easy pick em fight. And I was a little surprised that he was the guy that was fighting uh, Rosa. And, and we saw why, because he weathered the storm. He just looked like a veteran here. Um, Rodriguez, he comes out of a great camp, obviously the two proofers camp, but he, he weathered the storm and then he was able to shut him down. Raul Rosa Jr. looked inexperienced, and I don't mean that as an insult. I mean, the kid looks strong as wrestling, but he tired himself out. He laid everything on his wrestling, and once that wasn't able to get the job done, Kristen Rodriguez did really well on the ground against him, too, especially with submissions. And he just became, I wouldn't call it like it was a crazy, maybe entertaining fight, but it wasn't bad, it was, if, you, if you don't mind grappling. Um, but to me, Kristen Rodriguez just looked uh, like the better fighter he was and he won. And um, sometimes I like to pick a, a person in the face here, but I feel like this bantamweight division is so, so stacked that for Christian Rodriguez, I'm just going to say, keep doing what you're doing. I know he missed weight by two pounds here. It was a catchweight fight. He said it won't happen again. It was an accident. I believe you're coming out of that Duke Rufus camp. I'll believe you're a professional and this maybe something happened, but uh, yeah, just keep doing your thing and winning. And I hope for our Rosa jr. That maybe we just, um, you know, let's go slow with him, put him on a fight night card. Maybe you can open up a fight night card or something, you know? Right. Uh, if I had to pick one word to describe the fight, I would say composure. Um, yes. that's what it came down to for sure. Christian Rodriguez composure was amazing. Like you were saying, he looked like the veteran. He himself is only like eight and one or something like that. He doesn't right. have that much more experience, but he has a few more fights in the UFC, uh, which make all the difference. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you. I think maybe just bring keep bringing both of them along. Um, right. Nobody near the top 15 or anything like Not that yet. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, they still got a lot of work to do, but fun fight to put on that uh, main card. Um, As far as uh, Rosas Jr., yeah, he's, he's young. Uh, his wrestling is tenacious, you know, almost like... Marab, you know, just the determination to get a takedown is unmatched. Um, I, I wish we could have seen his striking a little bit more. I think he only threw like two strikes in the fight uh, when they were on the feet. None in the first two rounds. I mean, that first round he was on Christian's back and had him, you know, dead to rights on the ground. So you don't need to do a lot of striking. But um, I, I think 
it's a good time to get a lesson like that in the UFC. You're not going to get too many uh, opportunities later on to take a loss to learn a lesson. So right. take it now. You know, hopefully he learns his lesson to you know maybe show his opponents a little bit more respect at this level. He's not just going to be able to just run through people. Um, I, I think he definitely wore down towards the end of the fight for sure. So you know. A little bit more respect to your opponents. Um, definitely keep working on the striking. But, I mean, he looks like a monster. I'm excited to see what comes next for him, for sure. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to one of many exciting fights on this uh, card. Kevin Holland versus Santiago Ponzinibbio. Holland looked great. Man, he almost finished him in the first round. What I thought was such a highlight, where basically Ponzinibbio had caught Holland's leg and... Holland backhands him, and uh, really, I, that might have been the finish there, but Ponce Nibio got saved by the bell, um, and then, you know, they I think this is round three, right? It was a round three stoppage, so I think, yes, Ponce Nibio did go through the second round, and then uh, Holland uh, made him face plant, Ponce Nibio, uh, for some reason, thought this was a bad stoppage. It was clearly not. Um, Holland looked great. He Holland, did wake up quickly, but he did. if you face plant, you're out, out, like, I bet he's watching it back, you know, on Monday and he was like, or Sunday. And he was like, yeah, okay. Good. Stop. Yeah. I hope so. Hope he understands. But, uh, yeah. Holland looked as good as I ever seen him. Um, just like, uh, Calvin Gaslam, I thought, um, earlier we talked about, this was a really good, uh, Kevin Holland. He looked great here. Uh, I'm going to throw a fight for him. I'd like to see him get a top 15 fight against, uh, Michelle Pihera. Uh, I think that would be an interesting fight stylistically. See. I think Wonder Boy has a fight lined up against which Sahara. is also a great fight. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so. That's a, yeah. So yeah, that'd be a fun fight for sure. Um mm-hmm. I don't have too much to add to what you said. Yeah, I think a big uh moment in that fight was when he threw that hammer fist uh mm-hmm. when he was on one leg. And right then you knew Ponzinibbio was in trouble because that's not a strike that generates a lot of power and he you know put Ponzinibbio on wobbly legs. Yeah. Um Ponzinibbio has been through a lot of wars, you know, maybe his chin is worn down a little bit, but also Kevin Holland is just super powerful. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm always going to tune in to watch the guy. He's phenomenal. Uh, great talker. He's a superhero out in the streets. Right. Um, it was not a great idea to, he tried to call out Masvidal. Yeah. Um, I don't know how closely he actually follows the sport. I know a lot of fighters don't really follow uh the sport mm-hmm. um you know i assume it is all consuming uh you know your work to bring yeah. that into your you know casual life uh you don't always want to do that but so maybe he didn't realize what a lot of us realized that this was probably going to be the last one for Mosfidal. um so missed opportunity on a call out but he did hop the cage and talk to dana told dana that he broke his hand um again so uh, Dana didn't know he, he was talking about he said afterwards <laughs> yeah so maybe Kevin because this is the second fight in a row he's broke his hand uh, it wasn't that long ago that he fought Wonderboy and broke his hand so maybe he takes some time off to get that really healed so it's not a lasting injury but I'll always tune into the guy he looked great absolutely alright let's talk about Rob Font and Adrian Yanez great fight I think we thought Yanez is because he had all that momentum going that he was probably going to be the one to stop Font. And Giannis came out 
throwing bombs. He wanted to go, and Font's like, you know what? Me too. <laughs> and Font was just the better striker here. Uh, it was his night, and he looked good. He looked sharp, and Font looked like why well, he was one of the top bantamweights in the world, which is really saying something in that division. Um, he's right outside those tippy-top guys, but he's definitely close. And I'm just going to say um, I heard this mentioned as a possible fight from somewhere, maybe a press conference, but Davidson Figueroa uh, is looking to become at Bantamweight, and somebody has suggested he should fight Font. All in on that, if that's going to be his first fight at Bantamweight. Sign me up. <laughs> I think Font said, "Yeah, I'll take that fight." Like he, he was, he'd like to welcome Davison. So that would be an excellent uh, boxing match, basically for yeah. sure. Um, but back to this fight, yeah, Rob looked like the old Rob. He looked phenomenal. Um, his eye swelling is a bit concerning. You know, we had that bad mm-hmm. swelling uh, against Cheeto, and that blew up again pretty quickly. So he's he's probably. Uh, that might have rushed him to get the finish, but you know, Giannis kind of played right into that. Another uh, young fighter maybe learned a lesson. He was very upset with himself afterwards. Got to show your opponents at this level a little bit more respect. Mm-hmm. You can't just get into brawls with people like Rob Font. Um, you know, missed opportunity to showcase his skills against a excellent fighter. Um, so I'm sure he's very disappointed with his performance. Uh, I still think the guy's one of the top, top guys and has potential to be champ in a couple of years for sure. Um, so this is just a bump in the road for him for sure. Um, so I, I, you know, I know he's being real hard on himself uh, on the internet and whatnot where, you know, people are piling on, but people are also getting behind him and supporting him, which is very good to see. So, uh, Shout out to Adrian Yanez and congrats to Rob Font. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move on to co-main event: Gilbert Burns versus Jorge Masvidal. Burns looked like the better fighter. I really don't even know how else to word this. Um, Burns was getting where we thought Masvidal had a puncher's chance. And don't get me wrong; it was more competitive. Say, like in the striking, it still wasn't overall that competitive. Burns looked like he was getting the better to striking. If that was a five-round fight, I think Burns might have finished him. Um, Burns was definitely better into grappling and he uh, mixed it up. Actually, I, I originally thought Burns was should have used his grappling a little grappling a little early, but then again, he he did all right on the feet and he um I maybe he was just wanting to know what he could do with the strikes and I, I thought he did well. Uh overall he said that Jorge was very slippery too. So that oh, might have been why he didn't want to engage in the in the grappling as much. Yeah, that's right. He did mention that. Yeah. Well, um, as far as next fights go, um, if they're not going to give, and it looks like they're not, or Muhammad a title shot, obviously, and I know Rachmanov has been mentioned, um, and I know Usman was even mentioned as Muhammad, but I'd like to throw Gilbert Burns' potential fight in there, too, with um, Rachmanov or or um, or Muhammad. I think like either one of those fights would be excellent. Maybe Muhammad, Bill Muhammad versus... Um, Usman and Rockmanov versus Burns, and maybe we could see who has the better showing or who wins, and maybe we could do title eliminator. I don't know, but I think I like that idea right now floating around. Let's have some of these top guys fight each other, and let's see what happens with Covington and Edwards because it looks like whether we want it or not, that's what's going down next. Right. Yeah. Um, as far as fight, uh, 
um, we didn't get the uh, career ending in a KO like so many legends have gotten. So I'm I'm happy for Masvidal. Um, I've said on this podcast I'm not the biggest fan of uh, how he became a. I think he outshone his uh, his star, outshone his skills, mm-hmm. but he is, uh, you know, a great fighter. Number one, and also one of the best personalities in MMA yeah. for sure. So I, I am a fan of the guy. Um, I just think he got a little bit too much of a push, but very happy that he has made enough money, um, done well enough that he can go out unlike so many MMA legends uh, without getting knocked out and looking terrible. I mean, he had a great showing against the top five guy um, yeah, in his hometown. Uh, which he finally got to fight in after 20 years of MMA experience, you know. So is a uh, not exactly how you'd like it to end, but better than a lot of uh, legends have gone out. So happy for him. As far as Gilbert Burns, yeah, I'm not sure what's next for him. I think, like you said, probably one of those options. Uh, um, probably not fighting Usman again because no. we've seen that. But maybe uh, Shavkat or Bilal, they have to do something with those guys. The log jam up at the top is ridiculous. So mm-hmm. um, hopefully Leon KOs Colby and uh, we get to see one of those, either Bilal or Gilbert, get their shot. Yeah, I'll just we all get the shot. And I actually prefer Covington wrestle or fought Gilbert. I think that would be more, you know, but we're not. I don't think that's happening. So. Right. Yeah, I don't think so either, but all right. Alex Pajera versus Israel Adesanya. <laughs> There's a smile on your face is talking about this. It was amazing, man. Um, we talked about it. We picked Adesanya on here. You were questioning if we were going with our heart um, because Pajera just seemed to have his number, whether it was kickboxing or what. And it's obviously we talk about it, and all those fights were super close, and Izzy had him almost finished a couple times. But winners find a way to win. And that was the case with Pajara. He's shown in his career, whether it's a kickbox or MMA, that he knows how to win and he finds ways to win. Well, guess what? Israel's a winner, too. <laughs> he found a way to win. And, you know, I don't know. He said that he was setting traps. And if he is, God bless him. But what, what confidence that must take to have a guy who's KO'd you and you're setting a trap where you're buckling him and you're basically having him throw all your firepower at you and you're trying to, uh, you know, engage him to potentially get yourself knocked out because you're, right. you're that confident. The, you can the rope-a-dope, yeah. Yeah, well, it worked. <laughs> he yeah. laid him out. It was fantastic. Uh, you know, round one was basically them kind of, I, I think, was a little more feeling out, very technical but entertaining. And round two was just that unbelievable finish by uh, Adesanya. Um we, uh, I'm just going to say this, too, about what's next for Adesanya. It's very interesting because this man has cleaned out this division pretty much. So when you really look at it, um, you could do an, um, a Pajara rematch, which I know Dana thinks Pajara is going up, and he did finish Pajara very soundly. But you could do that because he's beaten Whitaker twice. He's beaten, you know, Kenner. He's Almost all of them. All of them. Costa. He's finished. You know, it's it's crazy. So... That's one way to go. Hazmat Shemaev, who hasn't actually been, most of his key wins have been at welterweight, but we know that he's interested and he's fought at middleweight. And maybe you rush him and maybe you put him right in that main event spot because I think we know stylistically he is capable of doing this. 
So that's an option. And then it's funny because he says, I hope he keeps winning. But you literally have to go down to number six, uh, Driscus uh, Dupuis. And he's one of the few guys who hasn't fought Adesanya. And he is on a winning streak. So you could make that fight if you want to. Like he, I'm not saying you do that, but really to me, it's a three-horse race. And there's a little bit of heat between them too with the right. whole, I'm um, an African fighter, you know, the shot at Izzy being from Africa, but, you know, living in New Zealand. Right. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. No. And, um, you know, I'll let you talk about the fight too. Uh, the only other thing I'll say um, about the stuff uh, with um, Harris Kid. He, he said it. it was petty and it is petty it's also entertaining i don't know i laugh my ass off so whatever i mean yeah i mean i don't know why is we would get that concerned about this but this guy's an artist and he's eccentric and uh it is what it is man you can't take away from this guy's night what a performance what a victory yeah wow just wow um he just rises to the occasion uh he's that guy you know um remarkable performance incredible mental strength to the resilience to be to lose three fights to somebody and just the supreme confidence to say no i got him this time and then come out and finish him Mm -hmm. and finish him the way he did uh pajero was out out like you know out out so um celebration was great you know the the arrow thing i don't know uh, I don't feel super great about the picking on his son thing. No. First of all, the, no, that's a child. Yeah. Um, second of all, if you look at the different camera angles, the kid's in tears already when Izzy yeah. points at him and does the thing. So, But I get it. There's a lot of adrenaline. Yeah. I've never been knocked out uh, on a stage like that and had someone embarrass me like that. So I, I'm not sure that my opinion really matters. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, all respect to Izzy. All respect to Pajera, who handled the loss great. Um, they definitely seemed very friendly. I don't know if you saw the video of them talking afterwards. Yeah. Um, you know, just calling each other great champions and all that. And uh, Izzy telling him to go up to 205 and, and get that belt or whatever. So mm-hmm. um, I do. Go ahead. go ahead. I was just going to say, I'll throw this out there, too. You could actually do Style Bender and Jamal Hill. Um, I'm not saying they should do that, Pahara, uh, but I just want to say Pahara or Stylebender are great stylistic matchups for the current light heavyweight champion. It would probably be a striking affair, right? And I think that is right in the wheelhouse of these two. Yeah, and then Ankaliyev wrecks whoever the wins. But oh yeah, you got to almost play around and knowing like you could get Izzy two belts right now, or you could set up Izzy and Pahara at light heavyweight for that light heavyweight championship which probably to me is like the ultimate in terms of like the showdown you would want but yes once you get past all these guys and you got ankle live and some of these stronger wrestlers at light heavyweight yeah <laughs> i don't think we're gonna see pahara and izzy fight again um i bet you see them be pretty friendly from here on out maybe izzy trains with pahara or something like that um I don't think we're going to see him fight even at light heavyweight. Um, the UFC doesn't want to see Izzy lose again. And that like Pajero will just be more rehydrated and have to cut less weight. He'll look even better at 205. Right. Uh, so I don't think the UFC wants to do that. But Izzy should be focusing on worrying about Hamzat. Um, I bet he starches 
Driscus in the second round lets him tire himself out in the first round and mm-hmm. starches him in the second round embarrassingly like he did to Brunson. Um, but he probably needs a couple wins before that happens. So maybe Izzy just sits out for a little while and lets somebody, uh, you know, emerge as a, as a real contender. I will say this. If you don't pull the trigger on Hazmat Shemayev right now with all this talk at middleweight, you are probably going to put up against Robert Whitaker or Jared Kenner, and we don't know how that's going to work out. <laughs> well, we know that uh, Paulo Costa has been in talks with, um, right, with Hazmat as well. So that would be a good matchup first too. I yeah. think Robert Whitaker is the toughest matchup in the division stylistically for Hamza. Yeah. So I would like to see that. And then because if Robert beats, if Bobby Knuckles can beat Hamza, I say you give him a third shot, Izzy. You know, yeah. there's there's not that many options. So I'd be okay with that. But um, just going back to the fight again, just amazing performance. Uh, you know, we all jumped up out of our seats mm-hmm. um like we haven't in a in quite a while not like that anyway uh the hype uh was fantastic i was feeling the high all the way home you know um so shout out to izzy big fan uh so glad that you know he's one of these guys that can rise to the uh occasion and he's probably the face of the ufc at this point um so good for him all right, let's let's move on to this fight night card, which I am very excited about and also, you know, very mm-hmm. torn on who I want to win the main event. So um, just a couple prelim fighters to uh, talk about. We'll just go over and keep an eye on uh, Lando Venata's fighting mm-hmm. Daniel Zellhuber. Uh, that's a great matchup. Could be an exciting finish uh, for either guy. Uh, Brandon Roy Val is uh, fighting Matthias Niklau. Um, another great matchup. Brandon Roy Val should be on the main card. He, he's phenomenal. And uh, Bill Algeo is fighting TJ Brown. That's another great matchup too. So uh, another very good um, card back-to-back uh, fight night card. I believe, I didn't check the time, but I think this one starts at 8 p.m. Eastern. <laughs> I saw eight thirty, but eight thirty, yeah. yeah. Right. So it's a little bit earlier. So, yeah, um, not those seven o'clock ones I like, but not the <laughs> not the real early ones. Yeah, yeah it'll but, do. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, let's, let's get into this main card: Clay Guida versus Rafa Garcia. Garcia is fourteen and three, one KO, eight subs, five decisions. Guida is thirty-eight, twenty-two, seven KOs, fourteen subs, sixteen decisions. It's also the only one I know in Wikipedia has one unknown. <laughs> we don't know how he got this win. Fine. <laughs> not not uh-huh. sketchy at all. Yeah. So um Guida's kind of a win one, lose one fighter, as we talked about in the past at this stage of his career. Um Garcia is not really um he's a he's a guy that can submit you, but you know, Guida's good on the ground. Um Guida's got a lot more experience, and uh I don't know. I just don't think that uh I think Guida's probably going to win this one, actually. Maybe I'm going with my heart here, but uh, we'll see. I wouldn't be surprised because Guida <laughs> can definitely lose his career. But I feel like this is a very even matchup. I'm going to go with Guida, though, by decision. Yeah, I'm with you. Rafa has great skills, but I don't see him submitting uh, Guida unless 
going to make some huge error. You know, he does get a little bit crazy. So yeah. he gets on Rafa's back and slides off and, you know, has to be in his guard or something. He can get submitted or whatever. Definitely but I see that too. Um, that's probably not going to happen. I'd say most likely it goes to, to a decision. And in a decision, I'm going to go with Guida. So another uh, another win for the 41-year-old vet. All right, move on to Pedro Munoz versus Chris Gutierrez. Oh, man. Uh, Chris, he is uh, 19 and four, nine KOs, one sub, nine decisions. He's on a four fight win streak. He just uh, beat Frankie Edgar in his retirement fight. Uh, but he's won seven out of his last eight. Like, one was a draw, too. Like, so he's been on a roll. And uh, he's fighting Pedro Munoz, which is very interesting. So Munoz is 19-5-1, five KOs, eight subs, six decisions. And he's only won one out of his last six. So if you're looking at records, you got to think, oh, man, like I wouldn't want to go with Munoz. That's very deceptive. (laughs) So looking closely more at Munoz's uh, record here, if you look at the guys he's lost to, he first off, he had a no contest against Sean O'Malley. The high poke, yeah. I poke, yeah, who beat Jan, although very close. You could have argued Jan probably could have won. But still, to be that competitive with Jan, we realize the improvement of Maui's making. I would argue Munoz might have been winning that round one. It was early. I think so, too. He lost the decision to Cruz. He lost the decision to Jose Aldo, two of the best. He beat Jimmy Rivera. He lost the split to Edgar. That was a different Edgar than who retired recently, and he probably shouldn't have lost that fight, if we're being honest. Um... And then he lost the decision to Aljamain Sterling, the current champ. So this is really, this is like a murderer's row, as they would mm-hmm. say. Um, and he's not getting a break here either. Uh, this is a very tough matchup for both guys. Mills is back against the wall, I think, a little bit because of circumstances. I think he needs this win. I think he's going to pull it off. I think it's going to be an exciting fight. Um, I'm going to say this goes to the decision because both guys are pretty good. Yeah, Pedro Munoz is a killer, a well, very well-rounded uh, monster, but I think this is Chris's time. Yeah, um, might be he right. has, Yeah, he has the momentum, and his striking is so crisp. Uh, he's a little bit longer than uh, Pedro is. Pedro's pretty short, even for Bantamweight, um, and Pedro does get hit. So I think Chris can finish him on the feet, and, and I think they kind of um, don't, really do a feeling out period. They kind of just get in there, bell rings, they go to war. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say uh, TKO for Gutierrez in round one. Okay. And thinking of going to wars, yeah. <laughs> do you think possibly this next fight too? <laughs> yeah. Tanner Bozer versus uh, Ian Kutilabra. Kutilabra is 16, 9, and 1. 12 KOs, 2 subs, 2 decisions. He's on a 3-fight losing streak. This guy is always going to just be right in your face though. Uh, Bozer is 29 and one, 11 KOs, uh, two uh, subs, seven decisions. And I'm just curious, I forgot to check. Uh, is he on a losing streak as well? He's lost three out of his last four. So both these guys need to win. Both are going to come out here swinging. Um, just it's really hard to say. Um, I think I'm going to go with Kudaraba. I think he's maybe hits a little harder. Maybe. I don't know. It's going to be... I think these guys are pretty evenly matched, but I think someone's going down. So I'm going to pick uh, Kudo in round two. I'm going to say TKO. 
Yeah, I'm not sure what the betting are, odds are, but I know Kudalabra has been on a slide. Right. Um, I think he's been fighting the toughest guys, and I know Tanner right. is another one, but I just have a feeling about Kudalabra. I think he gets this one back, uh, gets one back this time, and uh, I assume a quick brawl, uh, you know, maybe – oh, what's up? Uh, <laughs> that's my cat, guess. Uh But – uh, I'm gonna go with Kudalabra. I think maybe we get a little engagement on the on the cage, and then uh, they just brawl when they break apart, and somebody gets KO'd, caught, similar to uh, last week's finish of Adesanya and Pejera. So I'm gonna go with Kudalabra round one KO. There we go. All right, another fun fight. This is a great card: Justin Jacoby versus Asma Merzak. Merzakhanov. Merzakhanov. 12-0. Nine KOs, one sub, two decision. Jacoby's 18, 6-1, 11 KOs, one sub, six decisions, and he's won four out of his last five. Um, I would argue probably Justin Jacoby's had a little bit more strength of schedule in his fighting career so far. He's coming off a split decision loss to Cleet Roundtree. Um, This is going to be a great test for that undefeated record there. Um, I'm going to go with the prospect. I'm going to go with Asma uh, just because that undefeated record, nine KOs. Um, I say this is a war. I say we're going to have another war possibly on our hands, and I'm going to say he does it in round two as well. Yeah, I really have no idea who to pick in this one. Dustin has been quietly beating everyone for a long mm-hmm. time now, but Asma has looked phenomenal in his few UFC fights. Um but I, I think I'm just going to go with Dustin because he's so tough. Yeah. But I, I think it's a toss-up. Uh, I'll be shocked if it goes to distance. So I'll say around three TKO for Dustin. Yep. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the next one. Edson Barbosa versus Billy Quarantillo. All right. This is co-main event, too. Featherweights, uh, Billy Quarantino. He is 17-4, and four, eight KOs, five subs, four decision, Barbosa. 22 and 11, 13 KOs, one sub, eight decision, two fight losing streak, and he's lost five out of his last seven. Um, is Barboza on the downslide at this point in his career? I think so, uh, unfortunately. Um, but I was thinking, you know what, stylistically, I, I think this is going to be fireworks, and that kind of plays in Barboza's hand a little bit, I would think. I think he could still go. So I was going to pick Barboza, but as I look closely at this fight, I just can't do it. I don't know. I just feel like this is just not his time anymore. So I'm going to go with Quarantino, and I'm going to say a round three finish. Yeah, huge opportunity for Billy to get his name, to build his name here. Um, I love Edson, but he just doesn't seem like the same guy anymore, like you were saying. Uh, I think it's going to be a tough night in the office for him. He's always dangerous, so he's you know always in it. Uh, But I think I'm going to go with Quarantillo by decision. He kind of beats Edson up for three rounds. And this main event, this main event. Go ahead. (laughs) All right. Max Holloway versus Arnold Allen. I had somebody in the comments on YouTube when I was asking who's going to win this fight. He said Arnold Allen, unfortunately, because Max is washed, unfortunately. And I thought washed. Yeah, when he said that, and he said it in a way like he really did it, like he was sad by it, but it was just a fact that we all knew. And I went back, I'm like, 
Huh? Did I miss something? Volkanovski is the pound for pound number one fighter. That's it. That's the last guy he lost to. And he's on a two fight win streak, if I remember correctly. Oh, no, he lost to another. Yeah, I'm sorry. But before that, he beat Yair Rodriguez, who's getting the title shot next, rightfully so, and Calvin Cater, which was just a, an amazing display. So, yeah, Volkanovski, I mean, goddamn, guys. <laughs> like, just because you didn't beat him does not mean you're washed. Anyway, Max Holloway, like we had to go over this guy's resume. 23 and 6, 10 KOs, two subs, 11 decisions. He's a former featherweight champion. He had three successful title defenses. He has a knockout of the night because back in his day when he started, they were doing knockouts of the yep. night. He had fight of the night five times. He's had performance of the night four times. Um, I think he's tied for third, yes, in the longest winning streak in UFC history with John Jones. Demetrius Johnson, George St. Pierre, and Habib Nurmagomedov. Great company. All right. But Arnold Allen, on the flip side, 19-1, and one, seven KOs, four subs, eight decisions, a 12-fight win streak. I had it written down wrong. 12-fight win streak and 10-0, and more importantly, in the UFC. Mm-hmm. Arnold Allen is that guy. <laughs> um I do not think Max is washed. I even part of me almost favors him a little bit just because of strength of schedule. I think he is the favorite betting wise. Yeah, but I think I'm going to go with Allen. Um, I don't know why. I just think Allen will edge him out. Nah, I can't. I just can't do that because I just keep thinking about I see Max's other performances where he gets stronger as the rounds go on. It's going to be a good-ass fight. This is very interesting. Um, but unless you're Volkanovski, you don't seem to have – you. no one seems to have the kryptonite to Max Holloway. So I'll go with Max by decision. I'm not going to be surprised if Allen can get there and get it done, but this is going to be a huge step up. And quite honestly, as much as I'm happy for Yair, and I think he's an interesting challenge for Volk at this point, and I think it's going to be fun to watch, damn, if – Allen does beat Max Holloway on this, and he looks good doing it. Like, really? <laughs> we should probably have given the title shot to Arnold Allen, I would think, at this point. But but I'm going to go with Max by decision. It's going to be a great fight, I think, and uh, it'll be very interesting to watch. Yeah, I love both of these guys so much. I've been saying that this will be Arnold's year um, all year. I was saying it last year that, you know, to keep an eye out on this guy and and – the beginning of this year, I said this is going to be Arnold Allen's year to be champion. Um, and, and I think he's absolutely a future champ, but I'm not ready to say that Max isn't the second best featherweight on the planet at this oh. point. Um, I think he's going to take this opportunity to remind people who he is, like he did with the Calvin Cater. Um, this is going to be a you all must have forgot scenario. Mm. Shout out to Roy Jones Jr. Um, I think he gets it done with incredible, incredible boxing takedown yeah. defense. Uh, he drags Arnold into deep waters that he hasn't really been in um, at this level. Um, and I think he gets a finish inside round four uh, TKO yeah. finish with volume. If you look at one of his biggest wins, which was over Dan Hooker, this is not a knock because Hooker is a great fighter, but Hooker kind of just bit on his mouthpiece and just went for it. And Arnold Allen showed what we really that was something we didn't know like he could bite on his mouthpiece and go with it too 
Max isn't going to do that. It's not that Max can't do that. He Max has a great chin, too. So even if he does do that, you're not knocking him out. He's yeah. going to put on a clinic with striking and with movement. And, uh, yeah, the more I think about it, I just can't go against this guy yet. And do I see otherwise, unless your last name is Volkanovski and you're Alexander Von and you're the featherweight champ, I can't pick against this guy yet. Just don't see it. If Arnold's going to win, he needs to start really fast, hurt Max early. He cannot let Max get going because Max is only going to get better as the fight goes on. As he gets into that flow state, he's only going to get more and more dangerous. Um, so I, I still think Arnold is absolutely phenomenal. I just think this is the matchup that he doesn't want um, at this point. So uh, we're going to know how good he is after this for sure. But I'm going to go with Max, like I said, TKO round four. So, you know, I can't can't go against Max yet. Definitely not washed, whoever said that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, guys. 40 minutes in. Chevy, tell people we got coming up one more time. April 22nd, previewing UFC fight night. Pavlovich versus Blades. Probable UFC heavyweight number one contender uh, eliminator. And then April 29th, UFC fight night. Saruki versus Moicano. And then May 6th, we're back with UFC 288. Sterling versus Cejudo for the Bantamweight belt. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week.